neutral corner. In the neutral corner. Welcome in the neutral corner with RJ Summerlin. Um, I'm going to do a little short podcast today just because I released a uh, <clears throat> bonus episode going over the game bread bare knuckle MMA uh, event that happened Friday night for Jorge Masvidal in uh, Fort Lauderdale. And that event was really good. The overall event was pretty interesting. Um, I do find it kind of funny that the game bread boxing that happened April 1st was actually more of a uh, a more bloody event than the bare knuckle MMA was. Um, the first few fights were pretty grapple heavy, uh, you know, but you're seeing the evolution of the bare knuckle MMA sport already. A lot less action, but the action that does happen is pretty violent, you know, so very interesting game. It's almost like watching a knife fight. Um, But that event, you know, uh, if you're interested, go back, watch my bonus episode. It's a watch along with me and my fiance, Taylor, uh, watching along, cheering on Pensacola's own Dylan Kleckler, who fought in the main event and gave a valiant effort against uh, MMA legend Roy Nelson. Um, Dylan was out landing Roy and was landing really good solid shots, but Roy lived up to his legend of having a granite chin and a nuclear right hand. And, uh, he set Dylan up with, uh, looping left hooks, swaying Dylan eventually right into that right hand. Um, hey, happens to the best of us, to be honest. Uh, we can't win them all. Uh, that's what makes that's what makes those guys like Khabib and John Jones and Floyd Mayweather outliers. Um, life and fighting and things like that is all about the ups and the downs and and learning. And that only makes Dylan eleven and two in pro MMA, <clears throat> which is still a very good record. Uh, he still, even being forty one or forty two years old, he still has uh, a few more fights left in him. And as far as Roy Nelson, you know. Uh, he probably has a couple left in him too. The bare knuckle MMA thing is one of those things that it uh, it doesn't take much. You know what I mean? Um, so that was a good event. Uh, game bread production productions, game bread promotions is really doing the thing. You know, with their boxing, the icon, and the bare knuckle MMA. Uh, kind of gives you everything you want, you know, and uh, Dean Tool said it best in the post-fight press conference that, you know, everybody was talking about Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis, but who was the co-main event? Tell me the name. But you can't because boxing is not centered that way. But game-bred boxing, you know, you know who was the main event was Roy Jones Jr. and Anthony Pettis, but you know the co-main event was Jose Aldo and Jeremy Stevens. And, you know, the other headliner, one of the other showcase events was Shakare Souza versus Vitor Belfort. So, like, big names all throughout the card. Uh, and I think that Game Bread Promotions is really doing something good in the fight community right now. And uh, I'm excited. And they're paying their fighters great money. I mean, they really are. Um, so, moving on, you know... Uh, Canelo fought. He fought uh, uh, was it John Ryder, and uh, <clears throat> you know Canelo looks like Canelo. 
to be honest. He just went in there, and uh, it looked like a tune-up fight. You know, knocked him down in the fourth, or maybe it was the fifth, I think. And, uh, you know, just Canelo beat him up and looked like King Canelo. And uh, he says that he wants to move up now and uh, or move up again and fight Bivol and that if he doesn't fight Bivol at 175, then he feels it tarnishes his legacy. That he doesn't think that making Bivol come down to uh, 68 is a smart idea for his legacy. And I like that. You know, Canelo's always been a fighter with a lot of balls, and uh, he showcases that every time. Every time. And it's awesome. It's awesome to see. It's awesome to... Uh, to be able to watch history in the making and watching these fighters coming up that are actually willing to fight the big names and willing to do and take the risks because boxing for a long time has gone to where you have fighters that are cherry picking and uh, making sure everything is perfect before they go and fight and you got guys like Canelo and guys like Tank and guys like Ryan Garcia and guys like um Devin Haney and guys like Vasily Lomachenko who are going and fighting some of the best of the best of the best and making sure with Deontay Wilder, you know, making sure that, hey, I'm just fighting who's the best. I don't care about padding my record. I'm only using Deontay in there just because heavyweights, it's not, I mean, I can't really accuse a heavyweight of padding the record because it's not really a strong division anyways. So moving on to that, um, I didn't get to watch any of one championship just because I had a lot of, a lot was going on. I was trying to watch the Canelo fight. I was trying to watch the UFC fights. I was also trying to do some family stuff. So, but I know that uh, DJ won the trilogy. Um, I believe I believe the way it went was he got knocked out, then he knocked the guy out, and then now he won a decision. Um, then he knocked the guy out with the same way he got knocked out. It was pretty cool. DJ, one of the greatest fighters ever one of the greatest fighters of all time and it's it's just hard because he's only 125 pounds so you can't really think that he's going to be beating someone like Francis Ngannou so the pound for pound thing is just kind of you know uh, it's just it's kind of like an oxymoron at that point but you know pound for pound he is probably the best pure fighter, pure martial artists, you know, if he was the size of Francis Ngannou, he would be the best fighter ever in the history of ever, there'd be nobody that could touch him, Demetrius Johnson is just that guy, he's just in the five foot three, 120 pound frame, um, so yeah, moving on, uh, into the UFC event, and UFC 288, um, let's see, let's see. There was a pretty good card from start to finish, to be honest. Uh, I probably should pull the fight card up and really go through it to be proper, but I like winging things. I like just doing it off the top of my head. Um, eventually, you know, once I get a bigger following and I'm able to uh, do this a little better and cleaner than I can have like a fight by fi a fight by fight analysis. But right now it's eleven o'clock on a Sunday and it's the only time I have to dedicate a little bit of time to recording and editing. You know, being a family man is I love it more than anything, but it takes up a lot of your time, rightfully so. Um, 
so yeah, I'm trying to think of some good fights that were on the card. Uh, you know. Well, first we'll just start off with with uh, Gracie looking like just terrible. You know, he got the, he got the brakes beat off of him, and uh, yeah, he looked awful. He had no striking, no setups for his takedowns, pulling guard over and over again with no other way to to get the fight to the ground. And then when he did get the fight to the ground, he really didn't do anything, like, at all. And so, you know, it was just one of those things. It's like, you know, man, maybe it's not your thing because there are levels to this game. So you can get these regional guys and these local guys that don't, you know, they don't have any type of basic jujitsu defense, but... Yeah, you're seeing submissions a lot less, especially at the higher level. Um, most of the time when you see submissions, it's either when they're really dry at first and get caught or when they're hurt. A lot of times you'll see someone get hurt or rocked by a punch and then they get submitted. And uh, it's because, you know, they're disoriented and they can't defend themselves as well. But, you know, everybody's such a high level now. Um, it's really cool. Here lately, I've been going back and watching fights from like 2003 to 2008 you know that kind of range maybe even 2009 and in that time that time you know that time period um it is so interesting to watch fighting and the style of fighting and the styles of fighting that were around back then compared to like now watching it and it's like watching something that has definitely evolved everything is so much smoother now it's like watching computers when they first came out. Blocky and digitally and just choppy and robotic. So now everything runs so smooth and op and just operates like it's a well-oiled machine. It's so crazy to watch. Um, Jessica Andrade, uh, she got knocked out. Uh, I've been asked a couple times by a few people if they thought, if I think that that was an early stoppage. Um... I'm not quite sure. It, it, To be honest with you, she ran into a hard right hand. I mean, ran right into it. She was out. You know, her head bounced off the mat. She was out. And she ate two pretty good shots. Really, what did you think else was going to happen? I mean, you really think she was going to fight out of it? She was flatlined pretty good. And um, one thing that I, I do feel like, at some point, we got to kind of like, remember that we're all human like i'm i'm a fighter myself and <clears throat> i'm as bloodthirsty as the next guy but at some point you got to remember these are human beings in there and so like you you just watched her starched fall to the ground and eat two punches unresponsive how much more you want i mean just god let, let her fight another day the flyweight division in the women's or the women's bantamweight or the women i think it was the women's bantamweight Regardless, it might have been women's flyweight. Either which way, that division's shallow. All the women's divisions are shallow. I'm sorry. It's just the truth. It's not a knock. It's just facts. And she will be able to get a title shot in two or three wins, regardless of this knockout loss. So, um, let's see. You know, the co-main event, I didn't get to watch it a whole lot because I was having some stuff I was needing to do and I was kind of in and out. But really, um, Gilbert looked flat. Gilbert looked like he wasn't there and you can't blame him. 
He fought less than five weeks ago, and so everybody thinks that that's to an advantage, but not really, because if you think about it, especially if you don't know that you're going to be fighting, you're not going right back into training camp the next day. You've already peaked on your, your fight week. You've already cut weight. You you destroyed your body that way. You don't work out the same on fight week, so you already basically took a week off. You fight that night. You put in three hard rounds against uh, Masvidal. You've got things that hurt. I mean, after every fight, something hurts. I've been in fights that have lasted, literally that have lasted 13 seconds. And the next day, I've been so sore just from the adrenaline and the and just how much my muscles have tensed and things like that. So, you know, one time I fought back to back. Uh, one week from six days away from each other and I finished a guy in the first round and the next week I decisioned a guy because I was flat and that's just how it happens sometimes then on top of that you add in hurting his shoulder in the first round and really like I mean he didn't look great before that but then after like after that I mean he's only throwing right hands he can't even set him up with a jab I picked Gilbert to win just because I'm a Gilbert fan and I want to see him win and I want to see him fight Leon but you know if I was really to put money on it I would have had to go with uh, Bilal Muhammad um, and I'm not a big fan I'm really not like he's annoying but his fighting is is undeniable not to mention the rematch with Leon, you know, they have a history. Uh, they had a no contest due to an eye poke. So there's really unfinished business there. This this bird out here. It is 11 o'clock at night. Like, I thought birds were morning things, dude. This shows you how ignorant I am when it comes to birds. It's annoying. So, anyway, main event comes, oh. main event comes, Henry Cejudo fights Aljamain Sterling. Um, Aljamain looked fantastic, what can I say? He looked fantastic. Dude looked jacked, first of all. He looked, his shoulders looked like pineapples, bro. He, I mean, he looks, he was yoked, and he was ready. Um... Cejudo seemed like he had a really hard time getting in the range and finding his distance and finding where to enter and exit. I mean, uh, he was having a really hard time, and Aljo was using some really good lateral movement, which is, makes it even harder for someone to pinpoint where you are. It also makes it harder for Cejudo to get a shot. So even if he was feeling bad and feeling you know inadequate up in the stand-up, he couldn't get a shot because Aljo was moving um, laterally so well. Uh, also, the clinch work by Aljo is just insane, dude. Taking the back of an Olympic wrestler, taking down an Olympic gold medalist. Now, I get I get it. It's MMA fighting, it's not freestyle Olympic wrestling, but, I mean, I've grappled. I grapple with wrestlers. I grapple with jiu-jitsu guys. I grapple with fighters. Man, I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter. 
if they're a wrestler, they're fucking hard to take down and not take down and, and like, control. So, Aljo is, is, he's on up there. And I think Aljo manhandles O'Malley. Unless O'Malley starches him with, with, with a lucky shot, because that's all it'll be. He manhandles, he, he, he manhandles O'Malley and strangles him. 100%. Rear naked choke. That's my prediction for that one. Um, as far as Henry, you know, I feel really bad for him. I was hoping he would win, although he wants to fight Volk, and it's like, eh, Volk would fuck you up. You're just too small. Um, but in Henry, you can make an argument with Henry winning the first round because I felt like he won. He got the takedown. He did a little bit of damage. He ended the round with Aljo on his back, but, like, sometimes I feel like there should be, there should be, oh, man, it's all about perspective, but the reality is, is that you know that there's any end of the round. If you have someone's back and there's two minutes left in the end of the round, or even if there's a minute and a half left in the end of the round, that's time to finish someone. But if you get someone's back and there's 25 seconds left in the round, I don't feel like you should win that damn round unless absolutely positively nothing has happened in the round. But to negate, you know, the striking and takedowns and the takedown from Cejudo, that round was pretty even and the edge probably should have gone to Cejudo, in my opinion. Yes, he got his back, but what did he do with it? He didn't choke him out. 25 seconds there. Cejudo knew it. A lot of times, these guys were just like, fuck it. Why am I going to waste energy fighting this off if I know the round's going to end? There's no way you're going to finish me in the last 25 seconds. That's not necessarily true all the time, but I'm just, you know, just trying to give you a little bit of something. So, like, and then I thought, definitely round five. And was it was it round two that 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 he that Cejudo did really good? It was round two or three that Cejudo did a, had a really good round, and so I thought there was a good argument for Cejudo winning three to two or Aljo winning three to two. I did think that there was a swing round there, so uh, that was a very 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 close fight, a very interesting fight. Um, yeah, you know, it's kind of exciting to see where it comes and where it goes from there. Um. I think Aljo, like I said, I think he strangles what's his face. You could still give Henry a title shot at 145 and say he wins, and then at least he makes history there. I mean, I know it doesn't make sense necessarily off of a loss, but, you know, hey, maybe, maybe you let Volk fight a year, and then the winner can go fight Islam Makachev. And then Henry could fight for the interim featherweight title and win. And then fight the unification title after the featherweight champion gets done with Islam. It'd be a good... I mean, possible. You know what I mean? Possible. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. There were some other good fights. Um, oh, there was a heavyweight fight earlier in the night. It was pretty cool. It was like literally a dude looked like the personification of a rhinoceros. He was so freaking huge. His name was Braxton Smith. And, uh, I mean, my man looked... I mean, like, he looked like a muscle. Like, 
not muscles, a muscle. Like, that's what he looked like. And uh, my man, ooh, he was throwing heat seekers, but he got really tired, dragged down, and got finished. That was pretty interesting. Um, there was a fight earlier in the night, and I can't remember the guy's name, but he was some Dagestani guy or some Russian guy, some guy that's going to take over the fucking weight class and kill everybody like they do. But, dude. He landed a one-two on this on his opponent, and the two was so pretty, and it looked like it barely touched him, and he was out asleep. Good night, sleeping. It's crazy. Good night of fights. Good weekend of fights. It was a great weekend for a fight fan. It's a great weekend for locals. Um, Island fights is coming up back to Pensacola Bay Center. May 20th, man, so we're excited. I got uh, former, formerly interviewed Chase Wolford coming back, and he's going to be fighting on that card, so I've been training with him. Uh, make sure to go give him a shout-out. Hit him up for tickets. Hit him up for sponsorships. Anybody listening and looking for athletes they want to sponsor, hit up Chase Wolford. He really uh, he really is putting his heart and soul into this, and I think that he's going to go... Uh, <clears throat> go a little ways if he keeps his head in a straight and narrow um yeah guys i just want to say thank you so much i appreciate everybody listening my numbers are getting better my followers are getting more let's share 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 for me please share my uh podcast on apple spotify just the more people we can get to see it the better we can get and uh i really appreciate you guys so much like follow share in the neutral corner that's on instagram facebook Apple, Spotify, uh, YouTube, everywhere podcasts are available. Thank you guys so much. This is In the Neutral Corner with RJ Summerlin. Godspeed.